Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and I have an amazing co-host with me today who I'll let introduce themselves. I'm Joshua. I'm a part of the Sneak Attack podcast. I'm a member and editor. I also DM on the side, but I play Grayek Stronghammer on Sneak Attack, a dwarf fighter who's very bombastic. Yes, he's great. Love him. Yeah, and if you haven't heard Sneak Attack, I'm surprised. First off, I'll just start there. But if you haven't, you should go check it out. It is an amazing actual play with some fantastic editing that you do. So Thanks. Hey, good job. I, would, I don't wish editing on any person as someone who does a lot of it. <laughs> well, I, I got a passion for it. It's what I do for a living, so it's... it's oh, well... It's real. It's not. It's not too difficult. Now we figured it out. We're figuring out how the sausage was made. But yep, yep. we're going to tie back to episode number ninety-one, the fun and failure. Which yeah, hey, surprise. You were the guest for that. Yeah, I'm starting to sense the theme, and I don't know if I'm comfortable with it or not. But <laughs> you guys, let's like we want to talk about failure. Let's bring Josh on. That's a great. He's a great example of people failing. Yeah. That's. <laughs> it's kind of. Luckily, he fails forward. I think. <laughs> I just feel like I'm getting kind of typecast. You guys need to do something about people being awesome and bring me on or something like that. I might feel a little better. I need an ego boost. You'll get it here because we're going to talk about DMnastics number 76, Failure Fun Time. All right. Which is the title I use, which is essentially super simple one this time around, where essentially I just created a percentile chart, essentially a crit fumble chart that the DMnastics community could work together and create some fun and hilarious things for you guys to use in your own games. Which, that is such a cool idea. I had never thought of that. I'd always just thought, you know, as a DM, someone crit fumbles, and I I just come up with something bad that happens to them. But I love the idea of you having degrees of bad. That's awesome. All right, so, okay, we'll kick it old school because I have a little bit of that knowledge. The kind of crit chart started in second edition, not when it first came out. Yeah, first and second edition are the only editions I've never played. So I'm aware 3.5, I I started at 4, and I'm Mm. in love with 5 right now. But yeah, I never did 1 and 2. Yeah, so it's like, it wasn't like shipped with a crit chart, but eventually 1 was created. And like that... Crit chart was an extreme version of roll a percentile. If you roll low, it's not that bad. If you roll high, you will probably die. Oh my gosh. It ranged from everything. Like Yeah. Like if you're rolling up in the nineties hundred area, you're probably gonna die. Your loss of loss of limb at least, right? Well, and the flip side too though is if you were on a critical hit chart and you rolled like a hundred, it's like you lopped their head off. It's done. Well played. Yeah. That's interesting. So it is extreme. I don't think we approached this one this way. It's pretty much just all kind of bad and (laughs) lots of fun, though. I like it because it's not so much that like stuff in the 80s is worse than stuff in the 20s, but you get different varying types of Mm -hmm. bad, which I think brings more creativity to the mix. And that to me, my favorite thing as a DM is presenting opportunities for the players to try and have to problem solve Mm because that's where Mm -hmm. I, I feel like you get a lot of really unique creative moments so to me this kind of chart and some of the ideas that you guys have gathered on the forums provide a lot of room for creativity to not just happen at the d on the dm side but around the whole table Mm -hmm. well i mean as a perfect example pulled directly from sneak attack and kind of like how i like to approach it i like not having it set in a structured way where essentially my players won't know how bad it is until they've found out that you mean let's say 73 
is the worst thing on the whole chart, but they didn't know <laughs> until they got there. But I know when the amulet is used in sneak attack and Reed yeah. has it where every 10 is something that's really good, I think is another interesting way. Every 10 is something to tie in with a movie. <laughs> All the 10s are movie themed. So even better. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Reed's a big film buff. That's awesome. That's a huge thing for him. Well, let's talk about which ones from the forums we liked. Um, I'll, Joshua, I'll let you take the first one. Which one do you want to showcase? Okay, mine was written by Lemuel 14N3, 14N3, which someone who is much smarter than me has informed me the 14N3 could possibly mean lane in leet speak. So uh, that makes me sound a lot cooler, right? Yes, indeed. Uh, Lemuel Lane, and his was called Ants in Your Pants. And so it was for kind of a a middle-ranged fail rolling those percentage dice. And what happens is while positioning your feet, you accidentally step on a hill of ants and insects immediately start climbing up your legs. And you kind of come up with some specifics on like what damage the ants deal and all that stuff. But for me, I just love the idea that you're bringing ant like bugs into the mix, which people don't think about in D&D. Like there are bugs out there that are awful. So even if like you're climbing and you're doing a climbing check and you rolled, you know, in this range, ants could be on the mountain. You could all of a sudden have bugs all over you while you're trying to climb. Like, that's great. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that's so good. Because, I mean, it's almost like this big disparity between, like, normal ants in the world or formians who are the size of humans. Yeah. But, like, or fire ants that are yeah. going to, like, kick that's, your butt. I don't know why I haven't thought of, like, using, you know, and utilizing more insects and bugs and small creatures, but just making them a little bit larger. Yeah. Ants the size of chihuahuas. That's terrifying. <laughs> That's pretty messed up. Yeah. yeah. Any bug just, like, made bigger is awful. Bugs are the worst. Well, it's funny. It's The one I want to showcase is the one right after it. The next range of 45 to 49, and it was written by Sari J. Zargo which is an interesting forum name. I hope they're just actually apologizing to someone across their <laughs> entire internet existence. I'm sorry, Jay Zargo. All of their names are apologetical. Yep. This one was called Reckless Stumble. So your attack misses and you're knocked off balance and you then move five feet in a random direction. And <laughs> for this, they gave it up to the DM to choose. I don't know if I would add in like a roll, but this movement also provokes the attack of opportunity. Ooh, that would add a whole nother layer. I'm thinking of like, you're on a bridge. (laughs) I I immediately go to like, to worst case scenario. You just slipped off a bridge. (laughs) That would be awful. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, if you were fighting on like a five foot ledge somewhere. Oh man. And we've done that in the game before where someone fell off the bridge and we had to get them. So our archer fired an arrow into their calf. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we we pulled them back out. Yep. Damaged versus dead. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I love when you have to problem solve. It creates so much more like interesting dynamics, especially in combat, which I think can become very rote and just, you know, you hit me, I hit you kind of back and forth. But when you kind of introduce some chaos into the mix or some unique elements, it makes the whole experience feel so much more believable on some level and, and just more fun and interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, because I've been in all these fights and I know exactly what it's like. But when you watch action movies and stuff like that, fights are chaotic. Oh, yeah. But then you put this super mechanical perspective on it and then it feels almost very rigid, like (laughs) rock'em, sock'em robots. Yeah. So, oh, that could be a crit fumble. Your head falls off. (laughs) Your your neck grows to odd proportions for a few seconds before (laughs) clicking back. 
that's the thing I like about the amulet and sneak attack that Sherwood has. If you've listened to it, we have this amulet, and it it has a hundred different things that can happen, and we don't know what all of them are. We've only we only know what we've rolled, but they're random, so they can be good, they can be bad, they can be awful, they can be weird. I just I love that kind of stuff. You just don't know what to expect, and I think percentage dice. With a fail, it adds so much more like, okay, how bad did I fail? How bad How bad was it? Yeah, it kind of creates a little more excitement to it too as well, I think. All right, so next up, we're going to start lifting the mental weights ourselves right now. Let's do it. Let's get pumped. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. You had mentioned I'm... you had one, so we'll start there. What do you want to put on the DMnastics? Crit fumble chart. Okay, so I really like the idea. I've always loved the idea of the dungeon master working with the characters on creating the world so that you're learning their backstories, their history, and all that jazz. I would love if there would be something on the percentage, probably, I would put it in like the upper areas, like in the 90 to 100 range, Mm -hmm. where if that happens, some kind of like repressed memory or like, you know, intense moment from your history just kind of flushes into your head and distracts you or sets you off balance. You know, some something in your mental state changes. You know what I mean? Or yeah. it, it oh, distracts like you or, or makes you... And, and you can work it out mechanically however you want. But but for me, I just love the idea of incorporating story somehow into a critical fail. Because that, that's not something I think I've ever even thought about until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. My, my brain went a lot of different ways on how you could do it. But I love putting that back on the player as well. Essentially saying mm-hmm. like you've missed so bad that another time that you felt essentially you felt like a failure pops into your head. What was yeah. that? And then from there, there's a couple different ways I could think you could go about it. Disadvantage for a certain amount of time if we're talking fifth edition. Or if you mm-hmm. want to do a more of a catch-all, you could essentially have psychic damage. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. like whatever you want, like a D6 to D10 around there. And you could essentially mm-hmm. psychic damage because you're so distraught remembering. <laughs> and I think it should be a prerequisite that anytime you critically fail, it is also a permanent turn ender. Like you're doing nothing more this round. Like it's whatever the consequences are happen and then we move on and you just left to wait till your next turn. Yeah, like it's not a mechanical option in fifth edition, but I remember all of my time in third edition. That's what we did at our table. And I also don't think that's a mechanical thing in third edition either. It's just like what we did is you failed, you're done. Yeah, yeah. You got to feel it. Like it creates so much more weight with the fail. And here's the deal. The worse you make a critical fail, the better you're making a critical success. So it creates, to me, it, it you're always benefiting from that kind of advancement. So I searched real quick and found the second edition crit hit and crit fumble charts. Okay. So, okay, I'll talk about the crit hit ones. I was right. 97, throat cut, immediate death, unless helmed. 98, throat cut, immediate death. 99, decapitated, immediate death, no effective helm. 100, decapitated, immediate death. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then the crit, the crit fumbles, 99 and 100. For 99, you roll twice again, ignoring 99 and 100. And for 100, you roll three times again on the chart. Oh, that's so intense. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, what happens when, like, you're dealing psychic damage to someone and you do a critical hit, and then you roll like a hundred, and do, are they decapitated by psychic damage? <laughs> Is that like their head just explodes? <laughs> so back then you couldn't you couldn't really do a critical with 
anything other than an actual uh, uh, okay it was only physical gotcha gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. okay oh there's a critical versus animals chart oh that's that's kind of sad all right, moving on. There are parts of our history we choose not to remember. Yeah. Some animals were harmed in the making of this table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first one that I wanted to throw, and I don't know where we would fall, you know, because you know, we have been kind of alluding to the idea of a spectrum of roll here, not quite so bad, roll here, pretty bad. Because yeah. this one kind of, it depends on what you're fighting. So your failure motivates the other people you're against. Ooh. Like they see your failure and interpret it in a way that's like, oh, they're awful. We got this. Done. That's the name of it. We got this. And so then <laughs> some of the options would either be like, you know, again, fifth edition, possibly just giving advantage on their attacks mm-hmm. now because of the confidence or inspiration die like a bard gives so that they could roll that on the next attack or whatever they're doing against you or something like that or additional damage, all kinds of different options. But I really like the idea of your failure motivating the other side of the screen, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's real interesting. I like that a lot. So that it's not just a personal you thing. Because typically, I feel like the only way that I ever see other people at the table or even other NPCs in the game get incorporated with a critical fail is when you accidentally hit them, right? So, mm-hmm. like my character in Sneak Attack threw a firebolt at a guy that was being grappled by a monster. And I critically failed. And instead of hitting the monster, I hit the guy and it sends his mustache off. And so that felt That's great right. at the table. <laughs> But I've never thought about it affecting the way other people saw your character. I think that's really interesting. Well, and I think, you know, I guess this would be like kind of if I was going to toss out a specific piece of advice overall for a crit fail table, I don't like anyway. And this is totally just my personal perspective. And you could just jump back on me and be like, Neil, that's awful. Don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) But I like not necessarily having the damage deal back to you or the damage be dealt to another person because you know it's almost like that still getting so rigid and not not really adding in kind of these crazy twists and turns like another one that that Mm. i really like is adding in essentially like your weapon is stuck yeah yeah so like i tried to hit you i missed so bad and now my axe or sword or whatever is like stuck in this tree Mm-hmm. And I got to get it out of the tree. And what do I want to do? Or do I want to say, okay, that, it just leaves so many more options than, oh, okay, I'll mark off that much damage on my character sheet and then we'll move on. Yeah. No, that's that's right on. The thing I like, and I'll rebut a little bit, because the thing I like about <laughs> being able to damage another another player character at the table is that it creates a dynamic in between the characters. Like a lot of times, and typically I'll say whenever I'm playing D&D, that's not part of a podcast or anything like that. The characters are typically all buddy-buddy. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like whenever you yep. just get your friends together to play D&D, there's not a lot of like, should we or shouldn't we go into the dungeon? You know, like there... You, you all meet in a tavern, you trust each other implicitly. Oh! Yeah, and we're getting ready to fight, right? But yeah. then when one dude hits another dude with an arrow, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> the yeah. best part is they don't get mad at the dungeon master. They get mad at the guy who rolled the one. <laughs> And it cracks me up. It's just so I I like introducing that kind of tension between players. It, It makes it more interesting, I think. Yeah. Well, what's funny is that the one I put on the forum, because I know it's such a classic one, is actually called Friendly Fire, where on a hit you do double damage to your nearest ally. Oh, double damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. I mean, it's a crit. You're, you're, it's bad. 
Oh, that's bad. Okay, well, we did have this happen one time where we had a character who rolled a critical fail twice in a row. So he had advantage. And so he could roll the dice twice. And both of them were critical fails. And so even though he had advantage, because of the statistical anomaly of him rolling so badly that he got two ones in a row, like the worst thing ever could have happened. And that was where he had like a kind of dark sword. And so the sword exploded and oh. it infected him. And so that was awesome. Yeah. So it was just, yep. there's kind of fun ways you can play around with that, but that's cool. Yeah. And then, so this is kind of playing off your other idea of hitting another character. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of, I, mean, I guess that's my thing is the damage almost feels like it's not as fun as some of the other options. And uh-huh. I just thought of the idea of you swinging and tripping one of your allies. So now <laughs> they've like been knocked prone or yeah, like yeah. they've, been pushed and now they cause attacks of opportunity on them but not you (laughs) yeah i like that it'd be really interesting if one of the different features of the percentage was that the player who failed has the choice to push the fail onto another player in on it at the table yes to me, that would be like the number one. Like if you if you roll a one on your percentage, then you get to choose to push the failure onto another character and then they got to roll the percentage themselves to see how bad it was for them. Yeah, I like that. And see, and that's the thing is, depending on how you do it at your table, because I know fifth edition is a critical miss or a critical failure for the one and the 20 respectively. Whereas yeah. the older editions, it was either a miss or a hit guaranteed, but you had to confirm whether or not it's a critical fumble or a critical hit. That's right. I remember that. So I think that's why the charts were more involved because it wasn't essentially just a five percent chance where you know, <laughs> it was much, much less. But I like the idea of almost like these layered charts and it gets really complicated if you make it more rare like that with the confirmation roll yep. required. Where essentially, okay, you rolled in this range. That means you roll on this other table where it affects your party. So good. Honestly, it sounds to me, Neil, like you just got to make your own RPG and create all these charts for how it works. And it's all about crit failing. <laughs> yeah exactly you could just call it the crit fail rpg all right i'm game. on it all right guys i gotta go i got work to do <laughs> yeah that's fun though man i love it i love making stuff I'm, I'm trying to think of some other critical fail things that can happen or is there any other conditions you can think of that would work okay you know that that moment when you're in like a funeral and something strikes you as funny and even though you're in a funeral and everybody around you is really sad you cannot help but start laughing. Do you know what I'm talking okay. about? Do you want a personal experience or do you want I would uh, love a w- personal experience if you've got one. <laughs> okay. So it's not it's not quite a funeral, but I'll set it up and it will be kind of close. So only so kind of si- dead, not so, all the way. Well, so essentially at my, at my old job, there were financial issues and essentially you know, and there had been rumblings that layoffs were going to happen. So that's an all-staff meeting. But what they also do at the all-staff meeting is give out tickets – to do door prizes and i had alluded to the fact that don't take the blue ticket because that's how they're going to decide who gets laid off (laughs) so there's there's several of us sitting at a table and they officially announce that layoffs are going to happen so one of the people at our table like throws his blue ticket away towards (laughs) us and so (laughs) so essentially right after they've officially announced that there's going to be layoffs. I'm dying laughing. Uh, <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, oh, man. There. That's okay. Okay. Here's one for me. Yes. I used to work in insurance and I would call doctor's office to confirm that they had received a request for medical records from mm. us, a fax for medical records. And this was for life insurance. So it's about people who had died recently. Mm. 
So I'm calling the doctors to talk to them about someone who passed away recently. And there's one guy whose name was Elvis. That's all I remember. I'm pretty sure if I knew his whole name, I could, I could get in trouble for saying it. But yep. <laughs> I'm sure. Some random fellow named Elvis. And I'm on the phone with the nurse or receptionist, and they're waiting to get information. And they say, okay, I'll go check on that for you. And I go, thank you. Thank you very much. And <laughs> it was without even, in, I don't think I had premeditated this. It just came out of me. Yes. And so after I said it, I'm now giggling to myself. And they come back to start talking business. And I'm holding back laughter while trying to work in a very professional context oh so good that was a critical fail on my part when it came to humor so i think it'd be interesting if there was a way to work in where you critically fail something hits your character's funny bone and you cannot compose yourself no matter how hard you try or how horrible the situation around you is it's so good and maybe you gotta roll like a constitution saving throw to get out of it (laughs) Oh, so when you say that, my first thought was going back to it affecting other party members. (laughs) So you fail so bad, you know, and you obviously lose your hit. But then the guy next to you think it's so funny that like he loses his whole turn. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. I like that. Some good ones. Well, sir, I think we have done it once again. And it is an absolutely awesome episode we've created for you, the listener. This failure was a success, right? If people want to hear more of you failing, Joshua, where can they go? (laughs) I'm kidding. Greg's amazing. (laughs) He fails a lot, though, man. That's his MO. But it makes it more interesting. Yeah, so you can follow us on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean or kind of any any of those typical places you listen to podcasts. You can find Sneak Attack, an original Dungeons & Dragons adventure. We also have a website. It's uh, sneakpodcast.com, and there we have some lore and uh, some other cool stuff, some fan art and everything you can code check out. And you can also listen to our episodes from our website. So that's kind of where we're at. We're also on Twitter, at Sneak Podcast. That's probably where you'll find me. I'm typically interacting with people on Twitter. I'm at Josh the Hippie. And I established that like when I was in high school, just hasn't. Apparently, you can't change your at name on Twitter after it's already been locked in. So, yep. But I'm super, I interact with our fans on Twitter a ton and it's real fun, man. So I'd love if anybody wants to message me what their failure was. I I will commiserate with you. Also, I'm going to give you a hard time because that's not your actual Twitter handle, but it's fine. Is it Joshua? Yeah, it is. (laughs) Joshua the hippie? Okay, okay. Should I reset Crit it? fail on Twitter handle. I no, criti- it's fine. Uh, I critical failed. I critical Perfect. failed on the DMnastics. I, now I'm wondering, because I've been on a couple of the other Block Party podcast shows that you guys have, Yeah. and I'm now I'm wondering, have I always given people the wrong Twitter handle? Well, hopefully not. <laughs> There's some guy whose Twitter handle is... Blowing Josh the hippie, (laughs) not blowing up, probably not blowing up, but he's getting a lot of people messaging him going like, it was weird seeing you on this show. That's, (laughs) he's very confused right now. Are you looking it up? Oh, of course I'm looking up if someone has. (laughs) Oh, it's not like I see a couple things saying, oh, he, it looks like he might've changed it. Okay. Well, if you look up at sneak podcast, you'll find me. It's real easy. It looks like he went from Josh the hippie to Daddy Joshua. 
I, I'm not that yet. Not yet. We don't have any little critters coming into our house that way. Nope. All right. And for us, if you want to get in contact, you can head over and send us an email at dmnastics at gmail.com. Or if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at dmnastics, all one word, lowercase. And there you can check out the daily dmnastics that the one and only DM Phil main prize helps put us up. And if you feel so inclined, you can follow me at Joke Maniac. And for everything else on the network, you can go over to blogpartypodcastnetwork.com. But above all of that, I want to implore the listeners to head over to the forums and take part in the challenges and exercises, as well as all the other amazing conversations being had. <clears throat> this is Greyak Stronghammer. To do that, head over to dungeonmastersblock.freeforums.net and try some diamnastics so your players don't ask, do you even left? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting, I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you.